Aloha and welcome to Elevating Motherhood. I'm so glad you're here. I'm your host, Lori Beth Aldridge. I've taken my passion for conversation, perspective, and supporting moms and turned it into a podcast. My goal is to talk openly about motherhood, offer new ideas, and help moms find their confidence in this busy and sometimes overwhelming world we live in. We're going to dive deep, open up, and elevate motherhood. Thanks for being here with me. Let's get started. Today's episode of Elevating Motherhood is sponsored by Primally Pure, a company that excels at creating safe, natural skincare products made with quality ingredients. Primally Pure has become my go-to brand for clean, non-toxic face cleansers, creams, and serums. They're also the makers of my favorite all-natural and effective deodorant. I love their Blue Tansy one. For my personal review of their products and a discount code for listeners, go to elevatingmotherhood.com forward slash primally pure. That's elevatingmotherhood.com forward slash P-R-I-M-A-L-L-Y-P-U-R-E, primally pure. Have you ever tried acupuncture? Do you use it and love it like I do? Are you too scared of what it might feel like and have never tried it? What is acupuncture supposed to do anyway? Can it help you pre-pregnancy, during pregnancy, or even postpartum? Today, we're diving into these questions and so much more with our amazing guest, Dr. Ava Ross. My goal with this episode is to take the mystery out of acupuncture in the hopes that it sheds some light as an option for mamas on their personal health journeys. Dr. Ross received her Bachelor of Science degree in Botany from Humboldt State University and graduated with highest honors from Emperor's College of Traditional Chinese Medicine in Santa Monica, California, with a master's degree in Traditional Chinese Medicine. She completed her doctorate degree in Traditional Chinese Medicine at her alma mater in 2015. Dr. Ross is the founder of Malibu Healing Center and now Maui Healing Center, where she proudly serves the beautiful community of Kula and the island of Maui. Dr. Ross has been combining the best of both Eastern and Western medicine since 2005 to provide the most advanced integrative care within a family practice setting. Her clinical strengths include metabolic testing and nutritional testing. She also has a passion for treating hormonal issues from fertility through postpartum recovery, as well as puberty through postmenopause. She is a strong advocate for patient education in order to cultivate excellent and sustainable health. It's because of her advocacy for patient education and talent as a healer that I wanted to share her with you. Acupuncture. Here we go. Hey, thanks for being here today, Dr. Ross. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Oh, of course. Um, What, I guess I I just want to start out with asking, what is acupuncture? Like, how would you describe it in a nutshell to people who've maybe heard the word or kind of know what it might be, but aren't 100% sure? Sure. Acupuncture is, um, is basically a form of medicine that evolved in China, and it was originally developed to treat different kinds of, basically the, the, um, the villagers, as well as, um, as well as the, as well as royalty. So the elite uh, used it to basically uh, increase their fertility and also to treat um, injuries because the you know that culture it revolved a lot around uh, the martial arts so mm. they wanted to develop a medicine that could basically help the emperor to have as many you know as, as many children as he possibly could increase his fertility as well as um you know as well as his empress the empress concubines whatnot um and help them to achieve as much long, long um longevity as possible um, but then also to help with um, with the martial artists um, as they were going through their injuries. But then also the 
um, just the regular folk that were dealing with major diseases um, from anywhere from the common cold to dysentery. So, um, so essentially that's where that medicine, um, where it evolved from. And wow. I did, I did not know that. I'm just going to you for like hormone balancing. Right. Yeah. And that's basically <laughs> what they were doing too, because the, yeah. You know, yeah, they were, <laughs> their whole, their whole goal is essentially it evolved as an anti-aging medicine, which, um, now is, you know, is such a hot topic for people as we're living further and further, um, you know, into our later years, um, you know, a hundred, a hundred, two hundred years ago, people were just living into their maybe fifth decade of life. Um, but now it's like, we're trying to have the same quality of life, um, at, a, at, you know, much later stages. So, right. Um, yeah. So everyone wants to continue to, to feel good, but then there's bigger problems that come up too. So, um, you know, we're also living in a time where even though we're a first world country, we, uh, you know, our the level of nutrition has gone has actually gone down. The, mm-hmm. You know, this, the average lifespan of an American is actually less than the generation before. Uh, so, you know, it's an interesting time to be in and people are looking for for ways to increase their vitality Um not just up against, you know, the challenges of living, um, living to, to an older age, but also, um, more environmental toxins, uh, lower Mm -hmm. levels of nutrition and more stress. So, right. I I know I came into acupuncture because I I didn't feel like I was getting the answers or the help that I was needing. And so I started to seek out alternative things. So I can definitely see where people are looking for alternatives, which is totally why I wanted to do this interview because I think it's important that people know about it. So I think that a lot, maybe a lot of people assume it's just um, you go someplace, you lay down and people stick a bunch of needles in you Mm -hmm. and maybe they don't know what the needles are for. Yeah. So what, so basically the way that acupuncture works on the body is, um, you're using the, so, so each of our, so, so we are electromagnetic fields because we're a living organism. Um, and that's just science. It's not a, um, you know, an esoteric concept, Mm -hmm. but so we're these, you know, we're, um, these bodies of electromagnetic energy, um, and the needles are stainless steel. So hmm. you're, what you're doing is you're stimulating um, acu- particular points on the body that run along nerve pathways that innervate specific organs of the body, but they all work through the cerebellum. They all work through, um, through the brain, through the, your central nervous system. So if you're, say using that stainless steel needle and, and very gently um, stimulating a point, say on the foot, it immediately sends a signal up your afferent nerve pathway right up to the brain in a split second. Mm -hmm. Um, And specifically the cerebellum, your cerebellum is like the control, it's the control center of the brain. So it controls your motor activity, your sensory, your sensory uh, responses is the one that is organizing and integrating everything that happens in the body. So I call it, it's like the, you know, the control tower of the airport. Mm -hmm. So what it does then is it receives a signal um, from that stimulation and then in a split second responds to it. So say if I'm treating someone's uh, elbow pain, for example, Mm -hmm. and then I'm, and I'm stimulating a a point, just tapping a needle in um, within a split second, your brain then responds by, releasing anti-inflammatory molecules, increasing blood flow to the area, um, and then also releasing your body's own natural painkillers. So basically everything that you would want uh, to help heal an injury, your brain immediately um, kicks into action. Mm -hmm. And so the results from acupuncture are, can be fairly instant? The, yeah, your pain level should immediately decrease. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's different kinds of, of approaches, for example, in treating pain. Um, some acupuncturists will treat, um, 
in the area of pain. So say, for example, knee pain, you can put needles um, around the knee, a few, you know, a few needles. Um, usually the number of needles that you would use in the treatment would be, say, 10 to 15. And they're all mm -hmm. about the diameter of a dog's hair. So extremely, oh, wow. extremely thin. And each needle is, um, you know, is sterile. So uh, back in the 1970s, acupuncturists used to autoclave, which would be steam sterilize their needles and reuse them. So the very, and the very first acupuncture needles were extremely thick. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you can still see them in museums. Oh, wow. Uh, but modern. going to Google that later. Right. <laughs> but, but modern, <laughs> yeah. You know, but modern, um, modern day acupuncture needles are, they're engineered, they're sterile, and they're disposable. So they go after you use the needles um, in a treatment, you pull them out, you put them in a biohazard container, and then that's sent off to an incinerator. So needles are never reused. Um, but they're extremely, extremely thin. And the way that they're engineered, the ones that I use are coated with silicone. So mm -hmm. that allows it to basically um, be be inserted into the body at like, you know, maybe like a couple of millimeters, uh, millimeters depth. And that's all that the body needs. They just need very gentle stimulation. Even when you touch an acupuncture point, that same signal is sent to the brain. But hmm. what acupuncture needles allow you to do is then stimulate multiple parts of the body and your brain receive that sensory input and basically run a program to heal the injury or balance the hormones um, depending. So they're basically like place markers. So yes, you could sit there and you could try and, you know, you could only hold so many points at the same time. Right. But Reiki is, is in, in, a, in some ways it's a little similar in that you're, you know, you're working with a person, you're in the room with them and you're with, um, with your hands, you're gently activating these, uh, these nerve pathways, um, but with acupuncture, you just put in the, the points, it takes about a minute, and then you leave the room. And what happens is that at the same time that the brain, then your cere cerebellum, so when they've mapped the brain, when, when someone is receiving acupuncture, it is lit up with activity. And it mm -hmm. actually holds that pattern of increased electrical activity for 28.8 minutes exactly. Mm -hmm. And what's fascinating is that the ancient sages in China actually came to the same conclusion. They said that it took 28 minutes for the chi to circulate through all 12 primary meridians. Um, and basically when it made that circuit, when it completed that circuit, then the treatment was complete. And what happens um, electorally based on, um, you know, based on what we're able to see now is then the brain is in a parasympathetic state, it's activated. So the body's able to go into a deep healing state um, mm -hmm. where you feel very relaxed. Your, your body is releasing dopamine and serotonin, um, all the feel-good neurotransmitters. So you're feeling actually very relaxed during the treatment, which sounds you know, intuitive mm -hmm. to someone needling you, but right. you, don't, you don't feel the needles. They feel like a very gentle, uh, gentle stimulation or a tap or... You know, if it's very close to a nerve, then it might feel a little bit like a mosquito bite or, you know, mm -hmm. um, or if you're actually needling it, like in uh, physical therapy, they talk, you know, people have heard a lot now about dry needling, which is mm -hmm. where you're stimulating a motor point of a muscle. And, um, and so then you might get a muscle twitch. So a lot, you know, people, if, if someone has gone to get acupuncture and they get needled on the hand, then, you know, a lot of times it will make the, there's a big nerve plexus that's between the thumb and the index finger that will, when you needle that part of the hand, it can make the, a little bit of a twitch, um, which can feel a little funny. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, you can also needle it gently, insert it gently, and then you just feel a warm, fuzzy sensation around where that needle was put in. Other places of the body that are not as close to a nerve pathway, you may not feel at all. But what people do feel is that um, relaxed sensation where, um, the way it feels to me is like, you're kind of floating down a river on a boat. Sure. I can attest to that. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've received acupuncture from you and that's how I feel is very relaxed and happy. It's really lovely. It's something that I've uh, definitely look forward to. It's, it's not an unpleasant experience at all. 
Yeah. So this is, it's fascinating. I, I didn't realize the beginning of acupuncture and kind of where it came from. And I'm super curious. I'd actually love to hear more about your story and how you came into acupuncture and if it's been something that's always been a part of your life or if it's something you discovered later on. Yeah, I, um, so I ended up doing my undergrad in botany um, at, at Humboldt State University and I, you know, graduated and um, actually worked at an environmental consulting firm. I was in more of the realm of loving plants and trying to figure out how to work with them. But at the same time in my 20s, um, I think as most 20-somethings, I was trying to figure out myself and right. how, how I work, you know, right. how the, the mind-body <laughs> connection and, and exactly all the complexities of being that age. And I actually was, um, I had, was doing an internship at a farm um, learning about organic farming in Kauai when I was 21 oh, wow. years old. And they had this makeshift little uh, library set up actually like it was under a t- under a tarp in the middle awesome. of a field yeah. <laughs> okay. and, um, you know there's a, ha- a handful of books and one of them was this one book called the hands of light by barbara brennan oh. so so this woman was actually a, a scientist at nasa and she um she started to be able to see at some point uh, the human energy field so what other people might call the aura and she started connecting the dots between essentially the esoteric and the scientific and, mm-hmm. you know, looking at these different layers of the field and what do they mean? How, how do they correlate with a person's, not just their psychology, but also their physiology. And she developed a whole science around it. Um, and it just blew my mind. I had never, mm-hmm. I'd always felt, I'd always been very empathic from the time I was for as long as I can remember, um, mm-hmm. which just meant that I was just very, very, you know, emotionally sensitive and very much aware of, of others, their, their feelings. And, um, but I wasn't, you know, I didn't know what to really make of it. And then when I read this book, it started to all kind of make sense to me what it was that what I was feeling was actually something tangible, not just an emotion or other people's emotions. Gotcha. And um, so I started studying her books. And after I graduated with my, with my degree in botany, I was, I looked into maybe going to her her school she actually has a school of healing that she runs out of florida mm. and um but i when i really looked at what i was going to come away with I, because i basically was like okay i could help people and practice this energy medicine because there are techniques that she shows you um to balance people's energies but i at, you know at that point in my life um i wanted to i wanted to have a career that i didn't feel like i had to convince people all the time that it worked um uh, gotcha you know? I wanted to have have that credibility, um, mm-hmm. and so um, so I was actually working at the U.S. Department of Agriculture, and so at this point now I was uh, I'm like 28, and I was working in a, a plant science lab, and I started looking online for graduate school programs, and I, then I I just happened to pull up because I was looking for master's programs in herbology. I was trying to apply my botany degree. Mm-hmm. And knew that her, her program was going to be a bit too far out there for most people to to grasp, and so I just came across um, a uh, you know a program in Chinese medicine, which essentially is acupuncture, um, i.e., energy medicine mm-hmm. and herbs. And it just clicked for me. It was you know it was everything that I had learned and that I had also wanted to um, that I was interested in, and so. Um, so I basically went back to school and got my master's in Chinese medicine and then really kind of started learning more about, about how it all, how it all works. But, um, but yeah, it was my, my interest in energy medicine for myself and then my love of nature and plants and how to use them to, for healing, um, that brought me to Chinese medicine mm-hmm. and it's been an amazing, you know, an amazing way to help people because, um, you know, you're helping them to optimize their health in a way that's, that is in alignment with, with nature, with their own bodies. Because mm-hmm. um, one, you know, one of the most important things to understand about Chinese medicine is that um, in Chinese medicine, we are not separate from nature. We're affected by, um, by the seasons. We're affected mm-hmm. by the, the foods that we eat. There are foods that are appropriate to eat based on the certain times of year. Um, even, even wind. 
you know, so, so not just the seasons, but, but whether it's hot, whether it's cold, that we are part of this bigger system that is, you know, that's essentially our, the planet. And um, I think people are, you know, they, they're finally, a lot of people are coming around to seeing that the more we separate ourselves from nature, the more we sort of have to deal, you know, deal with um, the side effects Mm-hmm. So you can take herbs that have an antibiotic function that sh- that treat uh, strep or staph bacteria mm-hmm. um, that will actually kill the bacteria, but not kill all your um, your good flora. Mm-hmm. So that's why that's you know one of the ways that it's a good alternative to taking a pharmaceutical. You know, uh, allopathic medicine and Chinese medicine work work great together. Um, but the more that you try and look for the uh, the natural alternative, the better your body will respond. And it's just um, yeah, I hear you a hundred percent. I'm I'm just I'm over here nodding at everything you're saying, and I love that. I feel like there is this connect and this awareness that people are starting to have that we are not separate from nature, but to you know together with nature that we're influenced by it, and we influence by it either we influence it either through our actions or our choices or our um, pretend disinterest, if you will, Um, you know, with convenience and plastic and all of this stuff. And, and I love the fact that there are alternatives um, that honor our connection with nature and that we are natural beings. And I find them to be very effective. And I am so happy to have stumbled upon um, Eastern philosophies about health and well-being and healing because they have made a huge difference. And I, I know it is probably a stretch for some people to be exposed to acupuncture for the first time or the idea of Chinese herbs for the first time. But I think when you pare it all down to nature, it's it's easier to see that we are natural beings, that we are part of nature, that we're influenced by all of these things that you're talking about. And so I think that that is like the connector point for a lot of people to understand where acupuncture and Chinese herbs and Eastern thoughts kind of play into our health. Yeah. And also just, um, you know, understanding how your own body works and how, yes. it, how it responds, because I think that a, a lot of people... You know, unless you're raised with your mother taking you to an acupuncturist when you catch a cold, mm-hmm. you know, for most people, they don't, um, their first introduction to Chinese medicine isn't as an adult. And so, you know, once they've, I think that you, just in the, you know, in the United States, the go-to is allopathic medicine, Western medicine. Mm-hmm. You know, when you go to a doctor, you know, you know, or if you have to go to a doctor, then, you know, you go to see him, they you know, give you, they sort of take down your symptoms and then they write a prescription for, you know, for a pharmaceutical, right. um, or if you're injured, then they can write your prescription for PT. And, um, I think that what people are finding is that, um, is that it's not, it's, it doesn't give them the, it's not allopathic medicines, not, was not really developed for, um, for vitality. It was developed mm. for, it's, it's, it really shines when it comes to, you know, um, emergency situations or yes. also imaging, you know, if you have, if there's, some, if you have um, a torn meniscus, you can, you know, a lot of times you can, you can diagnose it with um, or, an orthopedic test, but in order to see what that, that damage is, you have to, you know, you have to get an MRI. Mm-hmm. Um, so surgery, imaging, um, acute emergency care, you know, that's where allopathic medicine um shines but Mm -hmm. um when it comes to anything you know anything short of that or anything other than that chinese medicine is really a better um first line of defense Mm -hmm. you know yeah one of the one of the things that i um you know that i learned in my training was about um because i've studied i've done uh, pediatric training too and one of the things that um kids will run into is acute uh, recurrent ear infections mm-hmm. and that when, so basically if they start off with, uh, with an antibiotic, it, what it, it will do is it will knock out their good flora, their beneficial bacteria. Um, and then that weakens the immune system and actually sets them up for another ear infection. So mm-hmm. that's why you'll see some children that are just, they get ear infection after ear infection. 
um, and can't seem to break the cycle. And of course, an ear infection is extremely painful. So it's, you know, the worst thing to see your child going through. Um, so, but the alternative to that is, um, our herbs that one, you know, uh, kill the bacteria, but also can go directly to the part of the sinuses right next to where the ear sits. So it can treat an ear infection too. If I have a patient, you know, if, if it's extremely acute and, um, you know, there's no alternative, then even if they do an antibiotic, then you, um, you can currently treat them with a, a good potent children's probiotic. Um, mm-hmm. But you definitely still, even after the antibiotics, you want to rebuild the immune system. So, um, but that's a, just an example of where, it, you know, an acute situation, um, you can go to allopathic medicine, but it's not, yeah, not necessarily, it's not necessarily the best. There's going to, there, you're going to have to deal with some sort of, uh, you know, repercussion. Right. There are definitely consequences to every choice. And, you know, you've listed off so many benefits and a lot of them I have personally experienced or my family has personally experienced. Um, But I'm wondering what some common concerns or hesitations people have about acupuncture are. Yeah, I think that um, one of the things that people don't necessarily understand is one, how quickly they should see um, results. And, um, you know, and that's why I try and explain also to people what's happening during the treatment, how, what is the kind of response that is eliciting in the body, but then how many treatments does it take? How often should you go? Um, you know, those kinds of things. And it really depends on the situation. So with every, you know, you have some patients that they come in, um, and they're, you know, they're very depleted, um, they've been over, you know, overstressed, um, undernourished. Um, they don't have a lot of good lifestyle habits in place. And so it takes more to build them up or depending or age dependent to, you know, after um, the age of 25, we're in more of a catabolic state where the body is breaking down faster than is healing and repairing. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So when you're looking at someone that's 28 years old and, you know, has a healthy diet, um, you know, takes good care of themselves, all the, all the good lifestyle habits are in place, then, um, you know, then maybe a couple of treatments for, you know, for an injury. Um, I try and give, I try and give patients, I, tr- I try and give them the minimum, uh, minimal amount of treatment for the maximum benefit. Um, I'm just kind of a minimalist by nature. And I also value the time that people spend coming to see me at my office, taking time away from work or, you know, just their day um, in order to, you know, to deal with a, a particular issue. So, um, so I try to be really conscientious of patients' time and money as well. Mm-hmm. But, um, but the older you are, the, the more kind of work it takes to get you back to a place of homeostasis. So how you gauge where you are in that spectrum is through the pulses. So that's the one of the amazing parts of Chinese medicine is the pulse diagnosis part. So <laughs> it's a very sophisticated form of diagnosis and everything in the treatment revolves around that piece. So when you feel someone's pulse, you're feeling each position in the pulse correlates with a vital organ in the body. Um, and you've got even a position that will tell you how the um, person's progesterone is doing and then another position in the pulses on the other wrist that tells you how that person's estrogen is doing so in Chinese medicine they call that the kidney yin and the kidney yang um, and so that will even tell me where someone where a woman is on her cycle if she's okay. if she's pre-ovulation or post-ovulation um, you can tell in the pulses a lot of times if the patient is actually pregnant because it, oh, will, immediately, it will immediately start to change the feeling in the pulse. Mm-hmm. So in allopathic medicine, you know, they're, what they're, when they feel the pulse, they're actually looking for just how many beats per minute. In Chinese medicine, it's like a whole novel that is, that is being spoken through mm-hmm. the pulses. Um, so if someone has a very healthy pulse, um, then you know that their prognosis is good and it's not going to take very long. Um, but again, so it's, it differs from person to person, but I, I try and give patients a timeline of what to expect. 
Um, but in the case of, say, for example, fertility, um, if a woman is asking, you know, is coming to me for help and wants to know, um, you know, wants, needs help with balancing her hormones, I try to give them something quantitative to measure their progress by. So I, so I have them start to measure their basal body temperature mm. and start graphing it using an app. And then they, and then from cycle to cycle, I teach them how to read um, what their hormones are doing throughout the cycle. And then they can see for themselves that progress. Um, or I'll use a patient's blood work. So in, in Hawaii, I can't um, order blood work for a patient that's not within an acupuncture scope of practice. In a lot of states, it is. In California, where I began my practice, I had a private practice in Malibu. Um, you know, I could order MRIs and x-rays as well as blood work. I had um, relationships with laboratories. Um, but here in Hawaii, it's, um, they're a little bit behind, they're behind the times. They don't have yeah. that in place. And so um, I'll usually refer them to, um, to their regular primary physician um, their, or GP, as you call it, general practitioner and then have them order the blood work for them. And then I'll help a patient to interpret their blood work. But blood work also tells you um, quantitatively how your liver enzymes are doing, kidney markers, cholesterol, inflammatory markers. So there are many things that a patient can, can uh, refer to in their blood work. And then you just have it retested in six months or a year to see your progress there. But mm -hmm. a patient will all, can always tell when they're doing better based on how they feel. Their energy is better, their sleep is better. One of the best things about getting regular acupuncture, even if it's just once a month, is that it's basically um, recalibrating the whole system via the nervous system. So, you know, it's like taking your car in for a tune-up and, and after the treatment, everything in the body, because you're working um, through, you're basically can balance the vital organs. Um Everything is, everything is feeling better. So the side effects of every acupuncture treatment, whether you're treating ankle pain or balancing your hormones, is you sleep better, your body digests better, um, you cope with stress better. So they're all positive um, side effects, so to speak, fringe benefits of getting acupuncture. And it's because you're putting the body into a parasympathetic state um, where it can deeply heal and balance so it's in the same way that meditation and yoga help people to feel more balanced, help to lower the cortisol levels, um, help digestion to move better by increasing peristalsis, which is the movement of, of uh, the digestive system. Acupuncture does that as well. It does it in a 28-minute period um, with a lasting effect, um, but you can actually customize exactly how you want that effect to be. So if someone has, say, IBS, then you use specific points that reduce inflammation in the colon. If someone has a slow digestion where their bowels are just not moving, uh, they just move too slow, they have chronic constipation, then you pick different points that help to um, just increase that function. So um, you can reduce inflammation, you can, you can strengthen function, um, all based on the points that you pick. So it gives you a lot of flexibility as the... Um, as the acupuncturist and how you can help a patient. Um, the points are not arbitrary mm. at all. Yeah, they're very specific. I love one of the things you actually said earlier um, about, you know, bringing in your GP and all of that and that it is a little bit different here in Hawaii. But I think one of the myths that people have around acupuncture is that it has to be one or the other. Like you either do the Eastern methods or you use the Western methods, but I'm finding that there's a lot of openness with different practitioners that I choose when it right. comes to the Eastern and Western overlap. Right. And it's important to do that for the patient because essentially, you know, as a doctor, you work for the patient and, and that's what I really try and remind patients of that, you know, it's not, um, it's my job to, to help them to the best of my ability. And if there are uh, things that I cannot do for them, like order their blood work, then mm -hmm. I need to refer them to someone that can help them because you, the, the, you know, it's, it's up to us to, um, you know, to guide the patient down the right path and to help them with their goals, whatever that goal may be. 
So, right. yeah, so you, you know, you can't, you know, the same way that you have multiple tools in a toolbox, you have your hammer and your screwdriver and your wrench, you know, you have different practitioners, practitioners in your team of helpers that are, that are there. So, you know, a good, you know, pe some people love, you know, their chiropractors, mm -hmm. some people love their naturopathic doctors, you know, your acupuncturists and, and, you know, I have plenty of patients that they have one and, you know, one of each. Right. And they also I have their general, yeah, and they have their general practitioner that they that they go to, you know, if they need a prescription filled or they, you know, need their blood work. Um, it's not you're not supposed to um, try and be everything to everyone. You just right. have to know what you're good at and then how you can help the patient. Right. I love that. I love that you busted through that myth. Um, and I'm kind of wondering if there are any other myths around acupuncture or common misconceptions that maybe aren't true. Um, I think that um, one of, well, actually the, an interesting one that I come across a lot is with the cupping. So cupping is one modality that is used in uh, Chinese medicine. And um, a lot of times people would just see the cup marks and they think that they're bruises. And <laughs> so I, so I always like to educate patients and to help them distinguish the difference. So the purpose of cupping is actually to help to release a muscle that is tight. Um, or if it has, or if it's a sore muscle that has a build a buildup of lactic acid, which comes from um, either the muscle being uh, basically, you know, getting tight from say overuse or even just bad posture, you know, the muscles aren't, aren't oxygenated and they get tight and sore. Or the I'm wondering how many listeners, sorry, I'm wondering how many listeners just sat up a little straighter. I know I did. You're like, or bad posture. I'm like, oh. <laughs> Or from bad posture. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's you. <laughs> That's me. That's and so, or the opposite is an Olympic athlete. So like Michael Phelps, you know, helped to really, um, you know, bring cupping to, you know, to the world audience because everyone was like, oh my gosh, what are those things on his back? Mm -hmm. And he's literally has, is getting cupping while he's competing at the Olympic level. Wow. And so, you know, he was doing it for the same reason that, you know, that everyone else is. And that's because he, if, through his vigorous, uh, you know, exercise and competition, he gets that buildup of lactic acid. When you have a buildup of lactic acid, it's, an, it's a metabolite um, that is formed during aerobic respiration. So what that metabolite does is then it, it kind of, it just uh, doesn't allow the muscle to work at its maximum capacity. So if you're you know, whether you're just in your daily life or you're competing, you want your muscles to be strong and um, to be working at their optimal. So the cupping is a suction that's put over the muscle that helps to um, essentially move the lactic acid. It brings blood flow through the muscle, sort of flushing the muscle with blood just with that um, action of the suction and the lactic acid, the metabolites come out of the muscle tissue, they move up towards the skin level or where the bloodstream is, and then they get excreted out of the body via the bloodstream. So what can be left though is with that movement of the of the blood is the cup mark that's on the skin. A cup mark, the other name for that is echomosis, and mm -hmm. echomosis is just like sort of a redness. Um, mm -hmm. But the difference between that and a bruise is that echomosis goes from, say, even purple, a dark, dark color or dark red, or sometimes just pink and just fades in color. A bruise is actually where a capillary is broken. So a bruise will go from purple to green to yellow because those, those, uh, those building blocks of the actual blood are being broken down. Um, and so that's why it changes from green, green to yellow. So they're not bruises. Um, there is called ecchymosis and they actually don't hurt. Um, they actually are areas of the muscle that feel really good. <laughs> so they look like they hurt, hmm. but they actually, it's actually the muscle is super relaxed and, um, and functioning well where those cup marks are. Gotcha. I'll be stoked then instead of concerned for the next person I see with cupping marks. <laughs> right. Yeah. They're not in pain. Awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> they just got out of pain. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I know that acupuncture has been really life-changing for me when it comes to all things um, womanhood. Um, I see you personally for hormones and injuries and then an awful lot during all of my pregnancies. And I'm wondering if you can 
kind of elaborate on how women can benefit from acupuncture in each of the different stages? So pre-pregnancy, during pregnancy, and then after pregnancy as well. Yeah, I would say with um, pre-pregnancy, so then, so a woman that is, um, you know, it's, it's interesting because I, I see um, young girls, you know, 13, 14, that are, um, they've just started having their menses and, you know, they might be dealing with um, mood swings or acne. Um, and that essentially is, you know, is their hormones needing to be balanced? When a woman's hormones are balanced, um, she actually does not experience PMS at all. Wow. Um, and there's no, there's no um, drama with the periods either. There should be no cramping, you know, no clots, just the slowing down of your energy, um, which is normal because, you know, because you're bleeding and your body is just needing more, just like, it, you know, any, anything else, your body um, needs to be uh, restoring rather than trying to push too hard. But that's it. Um, and, uh, you know, no acne. So none of the drama that women always associate with their periods should be happening when the hormones are balanced. Um, but if you have any of those symptoms, then, um, then coming, then basically the way that acupuncture helps you is it helps to balance the progesterone and the estrogen and the testosterone. So those are the three major sex hormones that, um, that will determine uh, the quality of your cycle. Your cycle is in four different phases. So the first phase is your period. The second phase um, is the peer is basically the span of time from when your your bleeding ends until ovulation. And then the third phase is ovulation. The fourth phase is the end of ovulation up until when the period starts. So a woman's hormones are shifting four times throughout the month. So the way that I describe it, a metaphor is doing a relay race, you know, and so you've got um, actually estrogen is has the baton and it's running for the first half of the the race. But um, every time it passes the baton, you want it to happen with grace and ease. And when it doesn't, you know, someone drops the baton. That's when you have the (laughs) symptoms. That's when you have the the big like hormonal shift that can come with ovulation or Mm -hmm. you can have. Um, acne breakouts and women can have symptoms in different parts of their cycle. So some women will have it when they're bleeding. Some women will have it after Um, some women will have ovulation pain and then others will have um, the more typical PMS symptoms with the, you know, crying, the mood swings that um, the breakouts. So, um, so the acupuncture balances the hormones depending on what phase of the cycle needs to be balanced so the, the points that I choose are will depend on where that woman is in her cycle. So I always ask her, I always ask her what day is she in in her cycle, and then I also confirm it with a pulse. So the pulses will tell me, you know, how if estrogen is too low or progesterone is too low, and that's how I choose the points. And then just like tuning a musical instrument, I don't leave the room until the pulses are balanced, until the brain has gotten the signal to optimize um, the hormones for that phase. Um, which you can tell from the pulses. So your, um, and so then your body runs that program of balancing the hormones and you might need to support it with an, with a herbal formula, um, which is extremely helpful. The herbs and the acupuncture are like um, one and one equals three. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that, because essentially it's like you get to, then you get the patient gets to their goal um, the the quickest but usually it takes about two cycles for a woman's hormones to balance um so that's how i treat women um when they're basically outside of pregnancy during pregnancy is a unique situation because there are certain meridians that are tend to be imbalanced depending on where she is in her pregnancy Mm. so i'll do a what's called a five element treatment which is which is eight different points on the body um, that not only balance, um, they balance all 12 meridians all at the same time. And when you are balancing the mother's um, body, optimizing her body's function, then that, then that also helps the fetus, but it treats the morning sickness, the headaches, the insomnia, um, and then also back pain too is a really common pregnancy symptom. So any symptom that comes with pregnancy can be treated with acupuncture. I don't use, use the herbs so much during the pregnancy um, 
I, you know, I might use a formula for um, holding the pregnancy if a woman has low progesterone. Mm-hmm. Um, but usually a woman's stomach is more sensitive um, because of the morning sickness. So I really try and coach her more in regards to eating protein on a regular basis um, and helping her with her, just her habits um, and making sure she's on a high quality prenatal. A lot of times the prenatal will determine that can be the, the final push to help a woman optimize her fertility to actually help her to conceive. Um, so, and then right at the end of pregnancy, the amazing thing about using acupuncture during pregnancy is that when you, um, when you use acupuncture throughout your pregnancy, and especially when you do it once a week in those last four weeks of the pregnancy, um, then 95% probability you will have an on-time delivery. So within five days of your due date, so in this day and age, we're so much affected by, our, by EMFs, um, mm-hmm. EMFs lower your fertility, they lower your antioxidants uh, status. I think that has a big part to do with why women tend to go over their due date and, mm-hmm. and why now, um, you know, OBGYNs don't like to see a woman go over, you know, 41, 42 is like the max. And then, you know, but if you're not, if you're not basically ready to give birth at um, 40 weeks, then they want to start scheduling your induction. Sure. Um, so, and also depending on the age of the mom too, but, you know, I would say when I started my practice 15 years ago, um, women would go, you know, the normal range is up to 42 weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, but now it's like, they've really changed, um, changed the guidelines around that where, you know, really now 41 is the max. Yeah, so. I um, ended up carrying my second to 41 and a half weeks, um, but yeah. I really had to push for it and and, yeah. and yeah. be pretty firm about it. And then my second one was 41 weeks. And those felt like um, good times for those babies to come timing, at that yeah. point. Yeah. Um, and I used you at the end of my pregnancy with my second one. Um, who was an almost 10 pound baby. And at 38 weeks, I went in for a checkup at my OB's office and they were like, wow, she's breech. And they're like, and she's huge. And we should probably start talking induction. And I was like, no, or not induction, a C-section. And I was like, no, uh-uh, no, we're going to, I still have a couple weeks. We're going to figure out some things. And that is how I ended up finding out that acupuncture can help flip breech babies. And that is actually exactly what happened. I went and visited your office and within 15 minutes of having those points in, I I mean, 15 minutes is a guess. I was pretty out of it, (laughs) but, (laughs) but I'm feeling pretty good. That baby just flipped. She, I mean, it was like one fell swoop of just whoosh and didn't matter how big she was. It was just, it, it's like it freed up the space and the, and aligned everything to where she could um, flip around. Yeah. It was yeah. amazing. It's a, it is, it's, it's amazing that that one point, so it's one point that's on the corner of the pinky toe and <laughs> it's that the, it's the very last point of a meridian that oh, uh, runs from the eye and then all the way down the back. So it's a 67 point meridian, the longest one in the body. And the way that I describe it as to like why it works is one that is running through the uterus, mm. but the baby just kind of can get in a different position and not be oriented in the right, in the right direction for exiting. Right. So mm-hmm. I, I liken it to like, you know, turning on the exit sign in a dark theater and then the baby's like, Oh, here we go. Yeah, this direction. Right. And right. It will, and it will just turn. But so many times I've had that happen with a patient where first treatment lying on the table, the baby flips. Mm-hmm. And the only times that um, that I find that I haven't been able to turn a breech baby is sometimes if a mother has a heart shaped uterus, mm. um, a bi- it's called a bar- um, bicornuate uterus. Mm. Um, so it almost has like a little... Um, so just like the shape of a heart, it's got one little corner up at the up at the top where uh, it's called a septum, where the baby just sort of gets stuck in a corner and can't quite find its way to orienting out of it. Um, in those situations, then it's hard to it can be hard to turn them. Um, but with yeah, without without that, it's like it just happens very easily. Yeah, it's incredible that for moms to know that this is an option for them because, um, yeah, that, you know, it doesn't have to be version or, um, a C-section, 
but there are other um, options out there that actually work. I think that's really fantastic. Um, And then induction too, right? Acupuncture can be used to help um, stimulate labor. Yeah. So you use the, so the same points that you would use in the last four weeks of the pregnancy, you can also use um, to, to induce labor. So what those, there are specific points that actually help the baby to drop into position, other points that help the cervix to dilate. Um, You're strengthening the, uh, the connection between your pituitary and your uterus, because that's, there has to be a signal that, um, how, like, how does the body know that it's time to go into labor? The pituitary sends a signal to the uterus. There's a communication there. And then the uterus starts to go into, starts its contractions, right? So, mm-hmm. but just like a piece of fruit ripening on a tree, it doesn't go from zero to 60, you know, in, um, you know, within hours, there's a ripening that happens. So the last four weeks of the, of the pregnancy is when that ripening happens, when the woman will slowly the cervix will slowly start to soften or efface um for most of my patients that are seeing me through their whole pregnancy by the time that they get to week 40 they're two or three center centimeters dilated so it's which is a very small amount but it's like that process has started to happen and then when the due date comes then everything just just happens and the the labor is more productive because the one thing, there are many things that you don't want to happen during labor. You don't want it to be delayed. You know, you want everything to happen in a very, with grace and ease. So the water to break, you know, losing the plug, water to break, labor to start. Um, it's a, because it's, a, you know, labor is an uncomfortable, long process. You don't want to, you know, you don't want to pardon the pun, belabor the process, right? Yeah. You, you want it to happen. <laughs> well, you know, hopefully within 12 hours, yeah. my, my, actually my first, um, I have two children and my first was a 36 hour labor. She came right on time with my due date. You know, I, I was receiving acupuncture the last four weeks, but, um, unbeknownst to me, I was getting dehydrated. I was laboring in a, in a, basically a soft tub. So in hot water, myself and meanwhile I wasn't drinking enough water and so that I think slowed down Hmm. but you know then by the time that you're at the very end of that labor you're just exhausted so you want to be you know you want to have good energy also so that you know the way that acupuncture helps you is that your labor is more productive and also your postpartum recovery is better you're able to bounce back from the birth um, with better energy because you're about to go into a period of time where your sleep is not going to be as, you know, deep or, you know, for as long stretches as you're used to. Mm-hmm. And um, so you want to be able to cope with those, um, you know, those physical stressors while you're enjoying this, you know, amazing, miraculous bonding time with your baby. Right. So you would recommend so, um, acupuncture. How soon postpartum? Postpartum, usually... Um, you know, if a woman has had a C-section, then a few weeks after the birth, um, then I'll have her come in and we'll do a C-section treatment because that numbness that's around the C-section scar can actually um, disrupt their um, their periods and disrupt the hormones. So because there's, they're actually cutting across um, your reproductive meridians oh, when wow. they when they make that incision. So um, you know, you ha- you do what you have to do but bringing the sensation back to that area and helping that wound to completely heal will actually um, will help the, the woman um, and help to avoid um, the hormonal disruption that can come from it, come from the, the actual C-section. So it doesn't happen, um, you know, and, and really within like a few treatments, the sensation is back. So, what you do is you put acupuncture, you put a, you put some acupuncture needles on each side of the scar and just, and the woman just rests like that. So it's nothing that is um, painful or uncomfortable at all. Um, but she'll, yeah, just within a few treatments, what happens is this essentially it's like a wound healing treatment. So the area between where the acupuncture needles are, the body fills in with collagen. So you can, that's why you can use acupuncture for, um, for treating fine lines and wrinkles, hmm. um, but also any kind of scar too. Um, the newer the scar, the better it works. Um, 
but yeah, but then if a woman is having, say, I've had women that have come in with um, overproduction of milk to where they can't even keep up with their milk, milk production um, with, uh, um, say, even storing the milk, they're overproducing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then women that are underproducing, their lactation is not sufficient. And then you can do points that help to balance the lactation so they're making the right amount um, in demand to what the baby needs. Um, sometimes it's just energy. If I have a patient that, you know, sometimes it's an older patient, um, you know, someone that's having a baby, um, from age 35 to say, you know, in her forties, um, adrenally, it may have been more of a challenge, the pregnancy, then I'll just have them come start coming in a few weeks after the birth. And, you know, once a week, every two weeks, depending on what their pulse is showing, what they need. Right. And that's for um, vaginal or C-section at that point, huh? That's right. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. And what about uh, mastitis and mastitis too? That's another big one that herbs are huge for. And the acupuncture is, um, there's a formula that knocks out the mastitis within, within 24 hours, you start to feel, um, you know, that is actually an infection of the mammary glands. Mm. That's extremely painful and really disrupts the, the breastfeeding uh, process acupuncture and herbs are just fantastic for that as well. I love that. I love that it's for pre-pregnancy, fertility, pregnancy, um, postpartum right away, breastfeeding support. And I, I know that I came to you for the weaning transition support because I nursed every day and night mm-hmm. for over five and a half years. And I got the sense yeah. that it was going to be um, a transition, <laughs> a special, right. special transition for me. So I um, went into weaning my third child knowing that there was going to be some some fun <laughs> and started going to acupuncture and change. Yeah. Yeah. And taking Chinese herbs. And I found that it really helped. And, um, I just had an interesting conversation with someone the other day and, um, they were kind of mentioning that there really isn't an ending point for postpartum support. And I was wondering if you would agree with that in terms of, um, acupuncture, like is let's say a mom has a five-year-old, you know, could, would she still, you know, need to come in for some postpartum hormone support? You know, I would say I would, um, I think that the best way to use the medicine is you use a, it. This is even a, uh, you know, a philosophy within the paradigm of Chinese medicine that you use acupuncture when the other, um, when the other legs of, of basically lifestyle, good lifestyle habits when they fail you. So mm-hmm. when you're not paying attention to your diet, you know, when you're not exercising, when you don't have that meditation or prayer or um, practice in place, um, then and what then you see the acupuncturist. So it will always, you know, it will always help you, mainly because you have someone that is reading your pulses and seeing one, you know, what's coming down the pipeline. So a lot of times I'll feel where someone's immune system is, um, is low Mm. and then you can, you can help strengthen their immune system with acupuncture or even, you know, with herbs. I have some patients that they just like to do the herbal consultations and then they're having their pulse read, seeing what they need. I'll use the supplements, pharmaceutical grade supplements, um, because I practice functional medicine as well. And then, um, and or herbs to, uh, to support them and bring them back to balance. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, lifestyle is the absolute most important thing. Um, so there's always going to be things that come up. And I think that acupuncture is really, is a, is a very effective form of self-care where you, you're having someone read what is happening inside the body uh, the state of your vital organs, the state of your adrenals, the state of your hormones, your immune system, and and keeping staying on the preventative side or treating something that is acute. Um, that's the you know that's the best way to describe it. Like you would never stop exercising. You would never sure. uh, you know you would never sort of like stop putting energy into your relationships. So you never want to stop putting energy into um, what your body needs, but. Um, so I think the way that I, I, my guideline for patients is once a month, 
is a good time to come in. Even the, even if things are feeling good to just stay, stay on the preventative side mm-hmm. and see if there's something sort of starting to happen in the body. If they're starting they're say the adrenals are starting to become depleted, you can head that off of the past. Then they get a treatment that recalibrates the whole nervous system, all the systems in the body in one fell swoop. Um, you know, they go home with what they need or, you know, or they, you know, I would say for most people, even the bare minimum is taking a good multivitamin and essential fatty acid, mm-hmm. if nothing else. Yeah. But most people need support in other areas too. Mm-hmm. It's like um, the purest form of a wellness checkup <laughs> to do it once right, a month. Exactly. And I'm, I'm really most, glad yeah. you brought up the, or kind of paralleled it to self-care because that's how I think of it. If I ever need a reason to make, schedule the appointment and then actually go to the appointment, it's that self-care reason for me, you know, that I need to make sure that I take care of myself too, because I can't pour from an empty cup. And I'm, I just, um, you know, I've had some low energy, low health points in my life and low hormone shifts, you know, that haven't been very fun, but just getting those balanced and back up just helped me show up as a healthier, happier mom. Yeah. And there's also a lot to be said for you do things for yourself, like you're doing the workouts, you know, you're, you're feeding yourself the healthy food, but to just surrender and allow someone else to fully take care of you, you know, address, be able to see what it is that you need and then, and then balance you because essentially what your acupuncturist is, is there a channel Mm -hmm. for that, what you can call universal energy, but it's the same way that food tastes better when someone else puts it on the plate, sure. <laughs> you know, or cooks it for you. Yeah. There's something to be said for just, you know, for, and for acupuncturists and other physicians and other caregivers, whether you're a mother, so a mother, physician, teacher, mm-hmm. you know, whatever that may be, that you allow someone else to take care of you, you know, at, in those moments. Sure. I, I would um, describe acupuncture powerful. as that very nurturing, very nourishing. Yeah. It's lovely. Um, Any tips for moms who maybe want to try acupuncture? Um, I think that, uh, well, depending if they already have, yeah, I mean, I would say that there's, you know, whatever you, um, whatever may bring you to that, you know, to say an allopathic doctor or, you know, going down the aisles of long drugs. Um, you can seek out, you can seek out um, an acupuncturist as well for that need. Um, so you can use it for the common cold to even determine in the pulses, you can determine if it's a bacteria or a virus. Mm -hmm. So when you come down with something, what it is, what is it that I'm fighting? Because a virus is very different from a bacteria. There are specific herbs or remedies that will treat one or, you know, we'll, we'll treat it and it's good to know what you're dealing with. So common cold, um, sleep issues, sleep issues are something that are very common, but, um, you know, bruises, uh, strains, sprains, every single, you know, Chinese medicine is unique in that it is an entire, um, spectrum of medicine that treats acute to chronic so, yeah, it's, it really fulfills every need. Um, I, I found it very powerful. I love, I love um, having acupuncture as part of my life. I also feel very lucky that I found you in particular. Um, you. So I'm wondering, the, like what? oh, thanks. I'm uh, wondering for moms who maybe don't live on Maui um, and want to explore acupuncture or find their own acupuncturist, what kind of questions should they ask when they're trying to find an acupuncturist? Um, well, I think that, well, one, there's actually, there's a good resource online called AccuFinder, A-C-U-F-I-N-D-E-R.com. And that's a directory that an acupuncturist can sign up uh, for. So they pay, a, you know, um, a subscription. Um, but what's nice about finding an acupuncturist in that directory is that um, a lot of times they'll, so they will put their, their, uh, their resume there are years of experience, there are specialties, so you can read a little bit more about them. Um, the, and so that can be uh, really helpful in terms of like, where do I start? Who, you know, how do I find someone in my area? Mm-hmm. Because you just put in your zip code and then you give it a radius and it will give you the name of uh, and contact information and bio of everyone that um, is in that your area. 
Um, but in terms of the questions to ask, you know, years of experience um, are important. So the longer that someone has had a chance to work with patients, um, you know, the usually, you know, the better they're, they're going to be. So how many years of experience and, um, you know, and level of education, like I went back and got my, my PhD, my doctorate in Chinese medicine as well. Um, and because I wanted that, um, the highest level of knowledge that I could attain for in order to help my patients the most. Um, so the more education someone has, that just shows their commitment to um, being up to date on the latest um, and, the, and the broadest knowledge base for helping, helping you. So years of experience, education, and then what are their specialties? So if you need, if you need help with your fertility, you really want to find someone that that is their specialty. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times in acupuncturists, because it's a modality of medicine that covers every area of the body, you know, any acupuncturist could put that that's one of the things that they treat. It may be something that they can treat, but is it something that they're good at? So if you're looking for help with fertility, then you want someone that they um, they have re they really do specialize in that. So um, some some uh, acupuncturists will stay sort of more general practice where they like to treat everything, um, and others will just go into one particular area: sports medicine, uh, fertility, pediatrics. And, um, and usually those people are, they're the best at what they, in that area. Awesome. Awesome. This has been yeah. just, you've shared so much valuable information with us and I so appreciate it. And I know that all of this insight will take the mystery out of acupuncture for a lot of moms. And, um, it's, it's awesome. I hope it just, you know, for listeners that it has opened up a whole new avenue that they can explore, um, with even more options, because I feel like that's what a lot of moms are needing these days is more options and more information. So I yeah. super appreciate your time. And if any of the listeners want to connect with you more, um, where can they find you? I have a website, MauiHealingCenter.com. And so if it's someone that I have patients that they can schedule from the website um, or, you know, new patients as well, but there's a contact button and if um, someone, you know, wants to just ask me a general question or, you know, wants more information about how acupuncture can help them, um, then they can hit the contact button and it will send me an email. So, yeah, I'm just, I'm here to, you know, just help educate patients on how to take care of themselves better, how to use the medicine to, um, help better their lives and the lives of their children. You know, mothers are a very unique part of the population because they give so much um, that it really is important to keep the cup full mm -hmm. to take my, one of my favorite phrases um, around motherhood is that you have to take care of the goose to lay the golden eggs and the children are the golden <laughs> eggs. <laughs> That's amazing. And it's like, we have to, you know, shortchanging ourselves only shortchanges the, um, the motherhood experience. So the better we are, the, the better everyone else in the, in the home is. Well, thank you so much. You're so awesome. Thank yeah. you for validating that for us. I think so many moms, if they hear nothing else, need to hear that message right there. So thank you yeah. so much, Dr. Ross. Okay. We super appreciate you. your time. That's it for this episode of Elevating Motherhood. Thanks again for spending your valuable time with me today. I hope you found some insight and inspiration or maybe a little of both. If you like today's show, please leave a review on iTunes. I use your feedback to plan future shows and cover topics that serve you. You can also connect with me on Instagram and Facebook. Links to those accounts are in the show notes. For more information, including today's show notes, head to elevatingmotherhood.com. That's elevatingmotherhood.com. Thanks again, Mama. I appreciate you.